a lot of people who get into e-commerce, they start with a, an attitude of, I want to find a product to sell on the internet to make money. My attitude wasn't that. I was starting a brand. I'd had an idea to start a fitness brand. In fact, my idea was to sell products to gym owners. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, CEO of Digital Dawn, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Here on the Ecom Profit Podcast, I open Pandora's box and share with you and other ecom business owners weekly topics that will help you explode your business online. I outline my tried and true secret sauce, the D2D method that's guaranteed to bring your business results. As an entrepreneur myself, I try to pull out all the same entrepreneurial passions in others. So get ready to be fired up about your business and let's have a great time. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, and today I have a returning guest, a returning special guest, Ben Leonard, who is what I would call sort of like your traditional, you know, entrepreneur kind of started this business on your laptop, sort of had an idea and a dream. But the difference being you actually were able to grow your e-commerce business to seven figures and kind of the holy grail get out of it then after three months, uh, three years and be able to sell it. Right. And, and now we're on to bigger and better things yeah. like consulting, buying companies, writing books, all sorts of amazing things. So Ben, welcome back to the show. Happy to have you here. It's good to be here, Dawn. Thanks for having me back. So let's kind of start at the beginning. So those of you who haven't listened to the podcast we did the first time around, definitely go back and listen to the first podcast. But let's just kind of start first off, Ben, with, you know, tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get started in the space? Tell us sort of your, you know, e-commerce story like we all have. And and I, I'm just, it's such a great story. So tell us all about it. Sure. Okay. Uh, I'll try and not drone on for too long. No, <laughs> um, it's all good. So, so for those who don't know, I'm from Northeast Scotland in the UK. And I'm from an oil town. It's it's like Scotland's answer, well, Europe's answer really to Houston. It's, uh, it's the oil town of Europe. It's Aberdeen. And um, I grew up in a small town near Aberdeen where we lived a lot of countryside, beautiful countryside, coastline, rolling hills, and then mountains not far away. And so naturally, I got interested in that. And I, I studied zoology and then ecology. I was uh, I studied dolphins for my for my thesis, total nature nerd. But I still managed to get sucked into the oil industry. I was working in the oil industry as like the token tree hugger telling the oil guys they couldn't throw chemicals in the sea. Yeah. Um, and you know, I generally liked my job. But like so many people who, who end up in e commerce, I kind of didn't realize I was going to end up there. But I did. Uh, in 20 early 2016 I got quite unwell with a heart condition I'm totally fine now but um I wasn't then uh, I, I had to stop work I had to stop all my fitness hobbies um I was pretty miserable my mental health was was not not in a good place at the time either and I needed something to do mm -hmm. and so as a hobby I started trying to improve upon the fitness equipment that I would usually be using if I was able to train which I wasn't at that time and that hobby you know, turned out I was quite good at that. And I had started this fitness brand called Beast Gear. And we made products for boxers, weightlifters, crossfitters, runners, general fitness fans. And three years later, we were doing $6 million annually in sales. And I sold the business in late 2019. The dream, right? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> the in many ways, yeah. Yeah, in, right. in, in many ways. I mean, there's things that I got wrong. There's things I would do again, given the chance, right. um, including the, potentially the timing of the sale. But nevertheless, uh, all things kind of serve a purpose and I, I still don't regret it. Right. And as you mentioned before in your kind of intro there, I'm now I'm doing quite a few things. I, I'm still building brands. I'm developing a baby brand right now. I co-own a boxing brand. I have equity in a few other brands that I sort of mentor people on. You know, one of the main topics of our last conversation, of course, was the brokerage firm. We help people yeah. sell their businesses. And you mentioned before, now I'm consulting and I've just written a book and, and that type of thing. So still very much involved in e-commerce and I love it. Right. So the let's talk a little bit about what you just said about sort of maybe lessons learned, lessons not learned in the e-commerce space, because- mm. This book that you're writing now that you have written, that'll be back, I think it's going to be out in October, right, of 2023, this year, called Quit Stalling, Build Your Brand. Okay, so I think that it's amazing title, probably has a lot of those lessons in it, right? Probably a lot of things. But from your perspective, before we dig into the book a little bit, what what were some of the things that, you know, you, you wish you would have known or that you learned, lessons learned now, hindsight? several years later that gosh timing wasn't good what does that mean like you should have waited longer or or what well I mean so I learned a lot of lessons along the way but I guess yeah the most the biggest one and the most recent one you know this one isn't even really a lesson because it wasn't my fault I, I I sold the business in uh, late 2019. The deal was done Halloween 2019, actually, I remember. In fact, the deal was done at four minutes to midnight uh, oh. on Halloween 2019. And <laughs> wow. if, it hadn't, if it hadn't been done by midnight, um, th- it would have slipped and, and and potentially would not have ended up being sold to that buyer. But wow. that's another story. But what then happened, of course, was COVID hit. Yeah. And so, you know, six, nine months later, everybody was taking part in uh, this sort of a uh, recreational shopping online really right. you know for want of nothing else to do just retail right. therapy right um, and if i'd sold the business then i would have got a lot more money for it yeah but how um, could you have known that how right? could i have known that right? <laughs> right and then you know there are people who have who made a similar again i don't want to use the word mistake but there are people who should have sold their business then at that point yeah. held on a bit longer and of course, what happened? Shipping rates went insane. There are all these supply chain issues. The bottom fell out of the market. None of the e-commerce aggregators were buying businesses anymore. And so then yeah. they were they were they were left kind of left holding the baby, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. Um, so I'm still I still don't regret selling because it was still the right thing for my family at the time. Right. But how would you know? Right. Like how would those I know? are experiences like that. You know, I I think even in the you know, risk management world, right, that I was in for many years or in any sort of modeling or forecasting, COVID was not a thing that many people anticipated or thought no. would no, come not through, right? It's, not it's not the the typical sort of pandemic that any of us would have expected. But let's take COVID off of the table a little bit and, and think about, you know, in those three years that you really grew this, I mean, to grow a business from zero to 6 million is no easy thing to do, right? Like the, a lot of people wish and hope that they could get to a million, but to grow that fast, I'm sure there was a lot of pros to that and a lot of cons or things that you kind of, yeah. wish. you know, tell me what, what's the beauty of growing that quickly? Like, let's start with the positive stuff. I mean, what, what about that? Yeah. Is- Amazing. Well, 
what's quite amazing about it is you have no choice but to learn fast you just kind of you're it's like yeah. being i would say it's like being uh you, you go whitewater rafting and suddenly everybody loses their paddles and you're just dragged along right uh, right. And but in like a fun way, like nobody falls out and gets injured. You're you're having a great time, right? It's a great ride. Right. But, right. but holy <laughs> you're smokes, freaking out, right? <laughs> you're kind of freaking out. It's intense. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. you wake up one, you wake up every day to these insane sales numbers. Yeah. And you're absolutely losing your mind. You know, I'm I'm just some guy like running this on a laptop out of a cupboard. That's literally yeah. what I was doing. I was in my apartment running it on a laptop out of a cupboard. And by the time <laughs> I sold the business, the team comprised me and three freelancers in the Philippines. Yeah. And right. so it was It was wild. It was intense. It, a steep learning curve like every day. Yeah. And although, you know, the disadvantage I had was I didn't have a business background. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, the advantage I had was I didn't have a business background because yeah. a lot of people enter e-commerce with a very traditional business background with a lot of preconceived notions of how business ought to be. And they make a lot of mistakes because they don't understand the e-commerce environment whereas because I was quite naive to it I accepted the e-commerce environment as that's just how business is right right but I I did have a a slight secret weapon which was my scientific training background Mm -hmm. so because I have a science background where we 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 have a hypothesis we run experiments we test things we we see what happens we analyze the results we tweak things and we try again I was able to take what might have just been like a ride by the seat of your pants kind of learn by trial and error and refine it that little bit more to make it a little bit more like learn scientifically as you go. And right. I would be able to apply that to things like, well, what kind of copy do my customers respond to? What happens if I tweak this in my pay-per-click ads? Right. What happens if I change my main image on this listing or this product page for that? What happens if I test these subject lines out? Right. What happens if I try this on this channel? Um, Amazing. Yeah. So that gave me kind of a little unfair advantage in a way. Well, you know, I'm a huge fan of data drives decisions, right? Test and measure, test and measure. And I think having that scientific background falls right in line with that business or not, right? So you're able to do that and move quickly. And I think there's probably a beauty and fear of just being yourself with some, you know, maybe freelancers. You're the only one having to make those decisions too. And you're able to move quickly and be more nimble and- make decisions much faster than maybe somebody who has a team of people completely and when it comes to marketing that's really um that's really where you have an an advantage i call it speedboat marketing like we're uh, us as entrepreneurs with small businesses and small teams we're nimble we can change direction quickly like a speedboat whereas the big you know enormous corporations with these onion layers of bureaucracy somebody has a good idea it doesn't get implemented for months if at all because it has to get signed off by a squillion people they're like lumbering cruise ships or oil tankers. It takes them half a day to turn around. They can't change itinerary easily. Yeah. Uh, and we can just absolutely crush them by being nimble. Right. Right. So, okay. We've got good learnings. You've, you know, you're moving quick. You're able to, to be nimble and test and measure all this kind of stuff. There's also probably a not so great side to this. And I, I guess I would anticipate, I'd know some of what this might be, but what were some of the, biggest learnings that you had or areas of opportunity that I'm sure are going to help, you know, feed the book a bit, right. Of, of things I wish I would have, but give us some insight into, you know, what things now hindsight, particularly because you are in a brokerage situation where you're buying and selling and you're seeing lots of different e-commerce businesses. You've probably got 
more line of sight to what works and what doesn't work than the average entrepreneur, right? Who has just yep. seen their own business. But tell me some of those things now from your side, what, what you wish you would have, could have done differently. Absolutely. Uh, after the machine that I had built, the business machine that I had built, where you put, you, you spend X money on inventory and sell it for, for Y, after that was working, I should have taken on uh, a lot more sources of external capital to scale mm. the business faster. You know, getting it to, to 6 million, I did that with the only sources of funding I, I, I used for that business were I bought over the, over the entire course of the business, I borrowed 14 grand from my dad. Mm-hmm. I took several small loans from Amazon. So the mm. first loan they offered me was about 36 grand. I took it, paid it off. I took several other small loans. I wish that I had taken more funding to grow the business because it was just an absolute no-brainer right. in hindsight, right? I was easily able to afford it. Right. It would have easily allowed me to uh, scale the business quicker. The other thing I wish I'd done sooner, I did negotiate great payment terms with my suppliers eventually. So that, you know, very often in e-commerce, what we have is people start by paying their supplier for physical product um 30 percent down and 70 percent when it's finished yeah it's ready to ship eventually i was at a position it depended who my suppliers were i had one where i was paying them like zero down 50 percent yeah. at shipping and the the fault the remaining 50 percent like 60 days after shipping which is pretty good i had yeah. another i paying them like 10 percent down uh, i paid by the time i paid off the the entire balance it was something like 90 days after shipping mm-hmm. wonderful because that really gave me the cash flow to grow i wish i had done that way sooner Right. Because they, they totally would have been up for it because I was growing like crazy and they were growing like crazy because I was growing like crazy. Right. Um, I wish I'd done that sooner. And then I guess the last big one was I never took the brand into the US. So we yeah. were selling in the UK, mainland Europe. We're doing a little bit in Australia and the Middle East. And I wish that I had gone to the US and probably Canada as well and probably Mexico too, around about the same time that I went to Australia. Um, I didn't. On the one hand, I regret that. On the other hand, that was a reasonably decent uh, carrot yeah. on a stick for a, yeah. for the buyer yeah. because they saw the opportunity there. And right. that's one of the things that we see so often when we're sell- helping people to plan their exits is uh, it's a balancing act between uh, developing these growth opportunities for buyers and leaving them for, for them to grow. Sure. Was there a strategic reason why you didn't go into the U.S. and Canada, or was it just that you grow, you had grown so fast, so quickly, you wanted to keep it on that side, or what was just the reason why you didn't try it? So, I mean, the reason I I st- I didn't. So, for instance, lesson learned. Uh, one of my new brands now, uh, which which is in the boxing space, we have started in the U.S. Mm. Both myself and my co-founder are from here in Scotland. We started in the U.S much larger market, bigger opportunity. The reason I didn't take Beast Gear, my first brand into the US, is you've got to remember the situation at the time. I was working a nine to five job. I literally had two grand of my own money to put into it. Um, small apartment, mortgage to pay. Yeah. Wife, wife was studying and not working at the time. Um, little business experience. It made sense to me to start in the UK because I was in the UK. Right, right. The thought actually didn't even cross my mind to start in the US. And part of that is because, you know, I didn't, a lot of people who get into e-commerce, they start with a, an attitude of, I want to find a product to sell on the internet to make money. Yeah. My attitude wasn't that. I was starting a brand. I'd had an idea to start a fitness brand. In fact, my idea was to sell products to gym owners. 
Mm. And it was only while I was developing my first product that I made the decision to start selling online. Interesting. Yeah. So the thought to go to the US didn't really cross my mind because originally I was going to be selling to gym owners local to me and then hopefully across the country. And so when I pivoted to go online, I was like, right, I'm going to set up a website. And then I found out that there was this thing called Amazon uh, FBA where you could set up a (laughs) website. I thought, honestly, I was one of those people that thought when you bought something on Amazon, like you were buying it from Jeff. Right. (laughs) Um, That's how naive I was, (laughs) which only goes to show what a steep learning curve it was, right? Right, right. Um, Yeah. So yeah. I didn't start in the US and I, I kind of wish I had, but, but there you sure, go. Sure. Well, you know, you think about some of those things that you just said and, and so many business owners, I think are in a place where they really want to continue to grow or they want to scale. They want to do things faster and maybe they don't have a business background, but I think something that you said was really key to the success that I've seen with my clients in the agency is that they're building a brand. They're not necessarily taking something and trying to sell it on the internet. Have you noticed that the brands and and companies that you're working with in the consulting space, the people that have more success are really trying to go after that brand versus I'm selling this. Oh yeah. Right. I've seen a huge shift. There was this whole, there was this whole thing 2015, 16, 17, where it was make money on the internet, drop shipping, yeah. finding products, even finding products on Alibaba and, and and buying a small amount of inventory and selling it through your Shopify site, platforms like Amazon, right. eBay, right. et cetera. And pe- the penny is finally dropping. I've been banging on about it for years, but the penny is finally dropping that A, it's really hard to just make money just trying to sell stuff because everybody else is doing it. Yep. And actually, if you put in the hard work now to differentiate your product, your brand, yourself, your marketing strategies, that's how you make a dent. Mm-hmm. And finally, people realize that if you're just selling stuff, all you're doing is creating a job. Right. But actually, if you build a brand, you're creating an asset that you can sell. And nobody wants to buy a business that's just selling a random mishmash of stuff. You need to be building a legitimate brand that has that looks and feels and behaves like a consumer packaged goods brand. Right. Ask yourself how your favorite brands act what do they do how do they make you feel and how do they do that what 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 vehicles do they drive to make you feel that way is it through their content they're producing and their social media channels is it through the packaging and the experience you have with the product is it through the customer service maybe all of those things mm-hmm. and ask yourself how you can apply that to your brand and when you start doing that and and actually treating your brand with respect yeah because i think the, the the problem is it's a mindset thing people think oh like i'm just bob from yeah. wisconsin selling stuff <laughs> right um i'm not nike right right but actually bobby you are nike the -hmm. only difference is is scale right and if you treat your business and yourself with the respect that you and your business deserve and start acting like a brand then people will start respecting you like a brand yep and following you like a brand trusting you like a brand buying all your stuff like a brand and before you know it you've got this cult-like legion of followers who'll buy all your stuff and that is what buyers want to look for in a business and that's what makes your business more valuable right i love that bob you are nike we should get that on a shirt we should selling that so the interesting part now is you, you've had this sort of experience with your brand and selling your brand and you you've worked in the you know sort of this this brokerage space and consulting space and now you're leaning into becoming you know a best-selling author space so what made you decide like now was the time to write a book 
tell us about the book. Who's it really for and, and why now, I guess, more so than anything? Sure. Well, the book is called Quit Stalling and Build Your Brand. And it's the book that I wish that I had, not just when I started, but the whole time I was, I was going through, actually. Mm-hmm. So the book is for somebody perhaps who has an idea but hasn't started, but equally is valuable to somebody who's doing six, seven, or even eight figures and wants to make sure that they're on the right path from someone who's been there and done it and is still doing it. So what the book is, is it's a roadmap of timeless business principles specifically applied to e-commerce and specifically building a physical products brand. Mm-hmm. What it's not is it's not sort of a, it's not a highly technical uh, book about one specific platform that's going to go out of date in six months. Yeah. You know, my intention is that people will get value from this book and revisit this book in, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years time. Sure. And, uh, and so that's what it is all the way from developing your, your first product and your brand positioning. Mm-hmm right the way through to to launching, marketing your your brand, growing your business and eventually exiting it. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, I, I felt inspired to write the book. I, I made the decision to write it uh, early 2022 and I, I got to work in spring of 2022 um, after getting frustrated with all the gurus that I saw physically yeah. on stage at events and you know all over social media who either hadn't been there and done it right. or were slightly... Uh, uh liberal with the truth shall we say right um, i love that that's a nice I'm way to say i'm not quite sure the best way to put it <laughs> full of uh, shit uh, yeah full of shit right allowing you know, they would they would they would either outright lie or when people mistakenly said that this person had achieved xyz they didn't they didn't correct the record right and i was like right it's time for me to kind of unleash the truth here right um and sort of indirectly call them out by being open about my brands so a lot of the the, the gurus Right. They yeah. don't talk about their brands either because their brands have failed or actually they don't have any brands. Right. And so I was like, well, I'm going to write a book and, and throughout my book, I'm going to be open about my brands. And, and indeed, now I, am, I talk openly about the new things that I'm developing. Right. And what's great about it is a lot of people are fearful about talking about what they're doing in case it fails. I'm like, brilliant. If it right. fails, it'll, we'll, we'll fail publicly together and we'll learn from it. Right. It's like the best case study ever. Right. Um, I agree. So that's the book. It's it's quit stalling and build your brand. And and um, if anyone awesome. wants to to check yeah. it out, you know, it, it's not coming out until October. But uh, I do have something for your audience, Dawn, which is if they go to quitstallingbook.com slash Dawn. Yeah. Uh, and that's a really important part. It's the slash Dawn. They will yep. get a free chapter now. And, and and the book's not coming out till October. They'll get first dibs on the book when it when it comes out. We'll 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 tell everyone there first. You get a free entrepreneurship mindset mini course and a yeah. free e-commerce hacks ebook. And the- uh, that's those all are worth their the weight in gold, right there. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, quitstallingbook.com/slash dawn. Okay, we will drop that in the show notes so everybody can do it. And I think, you know, this is one of those books, like you said, I wish that most entrepreneurs could have or read, or even if you are an established brand, I think there's still things to learn and pull out and take from here about your experiences with all of your different brands. So you mentioned a couple of times now, well, I'm going to pivot just a second, but you've mentioned a couple of times now that you're starting some new brands and yeah. that you so tell us, can you tell us a little bit about what you have on the horizon outside of the book and what's going on 100%. with that? 
absolutely yes i can uh so i i currently own a boxing brand it's called byako sports b-y-a-k-o it's pretty new um fun story with that is my former competitor contacted me for consulting after i'd sold up beast gear we became friends turns out he only lived 20 minutes from me which was hilarious because i was used to most of my competitors being you know all over the world right uh now he actually, now he lives in my town. I'm kind of, kind of he might be following me. Uh, we became friends and uh, we started a new business. He runs the the day to day ops. I mentor him. Um, so that's by Aqua Sports. Uh, pretty new, but we're excited about how it's going. Um, uh, there's a baby brand in development, which mm. will be very public as soon as we're ready. But because of intellectual property reasons, I can't quite talk about that one yet. Sure. Uh, but I'll show you something cool. Um, after the recording dawn um (laughs) those are the main things those are the main things right now and i've got a lot of other things up my sleeves but i I, there's only 24 hours in a day so right plus you do all the consulting and all of the brokering between you don't want to be stretched in too many otherwise you move like a tiny direction in a tiny distance in a million directions right right but it is really important that i am still doing this stuff because i need to be able to actually be doing it to to help the people that i'm consulting with right um right. so yeah those are the brands for now i love yeah. it i love it so okay what final question as we we start to kind of wrap things up from the consulting selling brand side of things okay yep. what's the one thing that all e-commerce business owners should be doing that they probably aren't doing if they're thinking about selling their business Absolutely. Uh, you need to be stepping into the buyer's shoes and thinking about what is going to make this business attractive to them. Because it's not about what you can sell. It's about what the buyer is going to buy. Because ultimately, you can get all the dollar signs in your eyes that you want and dream about how much money you're going to make when you sell your business. But you're only going to make that money if somebody else gives it to you. And they're only going to give it to you if they want your business in return. So right. ask yourself what the buyers want. Well, they want a strong brand with raving fans who keep buying all your stuff. They want sustainability into the future, which comes in the form of a great brand identity. It comes in the form of intellectual property. It Mm. comes in the form of not, you know, it's basically stability. It's not selling black hat stuff. It's not being in highly regulated industries or fads. They want a business that's highly transferable that they can pick up and bring into their own ecosystem. Mm. Um, They want growth, clearly. You know, we want year on year growth of at least 30%, well, 20%, but 30 is like when it gets really exciting. Um, Profit. So we want SDE or EBITDA margins of, of 20% and above. Yeah. 15 at the low end. Yep. And we want meticulous record keeping. That's a key. <laughs> I, I talk to people all the time and, 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 and I ask them to get me this document or that document. They can't do it. Yeah. They know it's somewhere, but half of their business is on a, a Google note here and an Evernote there and an email over here. But actually, <laughs> if you just start a really meticulous filing system now it'll make your life easier meaning you can right. run your business easier and faster with with fewer headaches and then when yep. you come to sell your business the buyer will be that much more impressed when they come right. to do their due diligence and it's neat and tidy with a ribbon on top right and they're far more likely to want to a buy your business and b pay more for it love that so let that be a lesson to all of the e-commerce business owners out there whether you've started just started or in process getting ready to sell definitely grab this book first and foremost. I think this is going to be critical to so many different business owners. 
reach out to Ben if you're interested in selling your business and want some advice, or if you need some consulting services on how to get yourself there, Ben and his team can definitely help you. So this is always a great, great honor to have you on the podcast. I love speaking with you. I could talk to you for hours about so many of these different things, but we okay. will probably have you back when your book launches and when your baby brand launches, and we can talk more about all the details and good stuff related to that. So thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. And we will drop all of your links, all of your things. But if people want to follow you right now on social media and want to check things out, where should they go? Sure. My handle on social is Ben Leonard Pro. Uh, Leonard, like the golfer, Justin Leonard. So it's Ben, L-E-O-N-A-R-D, Pro. Uh, Instagram, uh, threads, TikTok, I'm quite active on now. And then on on, on Twitter as well. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Just search for Ben Leonard. Drop me a message. Email me, ben at benleonard.pro or ben at ecombrokers.co.uk. Yeah. Here, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, come talk to me. Come talk. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Ben. And we will drop everything in the show notes. Thank you everybody for listening. And until next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you've heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review and don't forget to subscribe. So you never miss an episode. If you'd like to see if you're a good fit to work with the Digital Dawn team, head over to digitaldawnagency.com forward slash contact and let's book a call. Thanks so much again. And until next time. 